Hello, and welcome to Movies We Dig, the podcast about film, antiquity, and everything in between. I'm Colin McCormick. I'm Elijah Fleming. And I'm Christy Vogler. And today is a special episode because we are in person for the first time. Woo! Yeah, we're all at a conference in a hotel room, just uh, sitting, or, sitting, around a, <laughs> sitting around an end table and a microphone on it. So, so yeah, we're all we're, we're kind of sitting here casually and uh, with this special live in person, another sort of addition into our new miniseries, Extremely Strained and Incredibly Forced, where we find connections between antiquity and modernity where there may or may not be any. But this one's also special because this pitch is coming to us from Christy. Yeah. We don't know exactly what it is other than the general subject, but... Yes. (laughs) Yes. So today we are talking about season two of White Lotus, which takes place on the wonderful, beautiful island of Sicily. Um, I have never seen season one, but I was sold the moment that I saw Chefaloo in the opening (laughs) shot and there was a murder. So like, well, now I'm hooked because this is wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, Colin and I both presented, we're at the mm-hmm. AIASES conference here in New Orleans. So I actually I created, was an organizer. You were yep. an organizer that yep. my paper was in. And I even memed something from White Lotus as part of my paper because <laughs> it just fit in so nicely. So my, I don't know if I want to, I want to hear your guys' so, guesses first, yes, I feel like. So I, not knowing entirely what the extent of Christie's pitch is, we're, I'm just guessing, so what I did was I just wrote down my guess on a piece of paper and passed it to Eli, so she's going <laughs> to open it now okay. and see what I wrote. Okay, Persephone and Hades. Question mark. Question mark. And, and there's a pretty, like, great scene, actually, <laughs> when they're at the theater in Taromina and the grandpa is just... I'm right, by the way. <laughs> you are not correct. Oh, oh never mind. Okay. No, All right. you not... are. I, I told you my guess earlier was something sort of more toward like the, what did I say? House of Atreus or something? Yeah. Like, with, with there's sort of this generational trauma between the father, son, grandfather. They even talk about how they have like a cursed penis or something. <laughs> I don't know. Not an Achilles heel, but an Achilles cock. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, I just think that sort of generational trauma is very, very Greek. Yeah. <laughs> yes, which is like why I didn't want to tell you guys. But um, the angle I'm coming at today, and I think we can discuss all these aspects. But boom, we have Hesiod. Oh, oh, not where I thought that was. Not it. Oh. No, that came out of left field. Okay. So, back us up. Contextualize. Yes. Okay. So, there are two main components that I want to focus on with Hesiod's work, um, both Theogony and Works in Days. One is Kalanchakon, the beautiful, evil thing, and how it is often women who are powerful and beautiful and sexualized being very dangerous. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's one aspect of that. Mm -hmm. But there's also this underlying discussion that happens a lot of times about, especially Harper and Ethan, Mm -hmm. being like, well, I can't sleep because the world's on fire. And you have their counterparts being like, what? No, Mm -hmm. the world's fine. Mm -hmm. Uh, And another discussion about you know, whether or not they want to have children. It's like, I don't know if I want to bring children into this world, Um, which is also, to me, really reminiscent of Hesiod's discussion in Works and Days of, like, the five races of men and how every age is progressively worse than the previous one. So So let's take even, like, just a step back, just for listeners' sake who may not be up on there, Hesiod. He never gets much love, and I thought this would be a great opportunity. Personally, not a fan. I mean, he's... Actually, I talked about him today. You did! You (laughs) <laughs> Only because, yeah, he's a he's a big name in the the genre of literature that I tend to work in. But anyway, sorry, you were saying what was I saying? I backing up to Hesiod himself, or okay. the works themselves. Yeah, so Hesiod is kind of an interesting figure, and the reason that I've volunteered to do um, lecture a couple of times, looking at Pandora as an example of Kalanchakon, and how that begins as a discussion of like who is he and you know what was he doing with works and days, so, which in Greek Kalanchakon just means like beautiful and. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. the yeah. the best of the best and the worst of the worst in one simple phrase. Yeah. So basically, he he's contemporary to Homer, we believe, but mm. supposedly, yeah. he's, you know, in that, in that early Iron Age period, supposedly seven hundreds ish. Yeah, there's a lot of things to say BC. about Homer as a yeah. Author. Let's not open up that bag. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> a, let's not. We're gonna that is a whole another podcast. Yes. And he see it as interesting because while he is supposedly a poet like 
home or whatever. But he actually gives us some information about who he is and why he's writing these pieces. Um, there is definitely a question of, like, is this biographical information he's offering true or is it just setting the stage for what is a longer tradition of sharing knowledge? Mm-hmm. Um, so in particular, there's reference to he's writing to his brother Perry's. There's been this big disagreement relating to their father's land. And so he's writing this to his brother to be like, here's how to act properly. Other scholars have broadened that out further to be a discussion of like, Hesiod is speaking to kind of a middle class agricultural group that can't quite break into the upper echelon of elites. And that's where some of his, you know, ages of man is coming in. Right. It's like there's this critique of how the, the top people are mm-hmm. living it up and how that causes a problem for people who still have land and resources and money. Right, 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 right. Um, which is, like, really where I kind of peg Harper and Ethan, especially because they're newly entered into money. Right, and they're right, right. acting what feels like a critique that we're currently dealing with yeah. of how the super rich mm-hmm. have have the luxury of not caring about what's happening in the world. Yeah. So if it isn't obvious already, also, there will be spoilers for season two of White yeah. Lotus. So I'm sorry. <laughs> so yeah, so if you haven't seen and you and you want don't want to be spoiled, pause it, go watch the seven episodes and, and come back. Yeah. Uh, sorry. So so no, you're good. I, I think I like this sort of take on this story because I think one of the biggest themes that you see in White Lotus, like both one season one and season two, I do recommend you you watch season yeah. one. Yeah, I just, it's, I it's like, season one's very explicitly about class. It like, is. Yeah. It's very much about class and sort of the interactions between colonized people, we might say, as it mm-hmm. takes place in Hawaii. And I think there's a little bit more maybe gray area in the second season where it's like who gets to be upper class mm-hmm. and like yeah. what that means and mm-hmm. who is trying to be upper and, class. And the reason I also brought up Hades and Persephone, one, because it's directly mentioned yep. uh, by name in the show by um Albie's grandfather. Yeah. 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 And 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 two also because my reading while like one is very much class oriented, season two seems to be very much like gender and sex oriented, yes. where a lot of the sort of the characters are dealing with some sort of dimension of whether it's like infidelity or, um, like, sex workers and and the sex trade, or, you know, relationships to women, intergeneral relationships to women. Um, But but I'm going to come back around. So, yeah, tell us more about class and Hesiod and White Lotus. Okay, so I haven't teased out as much of the class stuff, but I do want to now turn to the, like, the Calon Cacon part and how... It's so interesting that, like, sex was the major theme to explore in this um, particular season. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of great videos on YouTube. Like, if you want a queer reading of looking at everything like that, definitely check those out. But I think what's really interesting is that a lot of provocative sex, we have female sex workers. Mm -hmm. We have Harper trying to get Ethan to sleep with her. We have infidelity as Colin mentioned but it's it's never there's a there's an episode where Harper is focused on Ethan who did not actually even mm-hmm. though tempted by these female right. sex workers of Mia and Lucia Lucia Lucia. Yeah. Lucia he actually doesn't give in yeah um, but he's not honest about it and so Harper's kind of obsessed but then it turns around because mm-hmm. the most hypersexualized male well no there's a lot of them yes. yeah there are there are a lot of Randy men. So that's, like, my question is, like, do you guys end up focusing more on the Randy men in this or, like, the sex work that the women are doing in this? Because it it feels like it was balanced. Mm -hmm. And yet I am still so focused on what the women are doing in a lot of ways. Oh, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, they were my favorite characters. Yes. And you were really rooting for them Mm -hmm. to sort of win, to Mm -hmm. con these people and... I was really rooting for Harper to, like, get her husband to sleep with her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and it's sort of when it turned around on her, and it was like you weren't really sure what had happened between her and... What's his name? Cameron. 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 Yeah. And that I was kind of like, I'm still rooting for her. Like, I am mm-hmm. still on her side. And I think that was an interesting characterization yeah. of, mm-hmm. a, like, 
even a femme fatale-esque kind of figure mm-hmm. of like a te- the temptress but yeah. like who is doing the tempting mm-hmm. i'm like grasping at something here and i can't quite i know it. like i i think that's what was so very interesting about this of like everyone's fault is tied to sex yes ultimately mm-hmm. but who in a on a moralistic side of things we're actually rooting for the the explicit sex workers mm. more than anything else. And I'm wondering also because, like, so, like, to come back to intergenerational, there's, like, a grandfather-father-son trio mm-hmm. vacationing in Sicily back to find their Sicilian roots, which is a whole other hilarious thing. <laughs> I love um, And they don't speak Italian. It's yes. like... Uh, and, and they're obsessed with the godfather. Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> but, and they each have, like, so, like, at first, like, the grandfather... Who is, is very like he's like inappropriately flirting with every woman that comes across mm-hmm. his path, and, and his son and grandson are calling him out on it. And then it's sort of revealed that the father has a very sort of problematic relationship with women, where basically he is a sex addict. And then the the grandson who sort of positions himself as sort of a white knight figure, yep. and he's the one who ends up being played by Lucia, uh, the sex worker. And at the end, I was like, you know, like. He knows he's been played. I don't feel bad for Albie. One, no, because no. it wasn't his money. And, like, we know that his family can lo- can stand to lose 50,000 euro. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And Lucia, you know, they walk away. And then at the end of the show, the last shot, spoilers, is Lucia and Mia walking away to uh, The Best Things in Life are Free by Sam mm-hmm. Cooke. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? They won. And they, you know, they they pulled one over. And I'm, I'm you know, power to them. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of yeah. like Hustlers, if you, you know. Yeah. If you yes. 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 Because it's, yeah, there's... Something about sort of taking power back uh, as as exploited mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. who are so often exploited. Um, and that's kind of what Lucia uses as yes. her kind of hook for... For Albie, yeah. For Albie. And he asks, like, are you in any way, are you being yeah. exploited? Like, like, are you safe? <laughs> like, what? And, yeah. like, sh- and she has her friend basically pose as her pimp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, to be very scary. <laughs> and at the end, and I want... Actually, I was thinking about this. I didn't have time to go back and rewatch it. Like, that character, there's this guy who's, like, kind of following her around. Mm-hmm. It seems very threatening. And then at the end, it's revealed he's just, like, some friend of hers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah just early in... Like, Yes. Had I been paying close attention, yes. would yes. I have noticed him? Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. He was there. And it's, again, it's like people that, you know, you don't notice in in this sort of class division. It's like you mm-hmm. don't notice the servers that are, or the bellhops or the people mm-hmm. who are, mm-hmm. you know, doing all of the work and you, mm-hmm. your eyes kind of slide right over them mm-hmm. and really comes back to bite them in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, God, there's so much going on. I know. <laughs> so, um... Oh, bringing it back. 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 Bring it back. The earth that Hesiod so, so wants us to till. So <laughs> the the particular phrase Callan Kakon is it's used for a lot of female figures in Greek mythology, including Helen. But in Hesiod's case, he's using it in reference to Pandora, and Pandora is created to kind of spite Prometheus, but mm-hmm. it's also to up and the good life right. of men. And she is beautiful, and she is adorned. Mm-hmm. And Hermes, my personal favorite gift from Hermes, is she has the spirit of a conniving bitch, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, I think he says that she has a dog-like mind. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'll make a plug. There's a great book by um, Christiana Franco, which is about, like, that line, essentially. And it's all about, like, the can- it's called The Canine and the Feminine, is yes. the book. Ooh, that's um, so interesting. Yeah, and it, and it gets really into, like, there's this weird relationship in Greek culture basically between women and dogs and it's like because it's not like most animals when they get sort of simplified into some metaphor or analogy it's usually pretty one-dimensional like this animal's lazy this one's ugly this one's fat this one's right you mm-hmm. know uh and the dog is this weird thing because it's simultaneously good and bad and then the book gets into like a lot of this sort of like tension with particularly women and then the, the connections that they're making with dogs where they're in the house but they're also not yeah. like us and then they there's like there's the the anxiety is that they're gonna betray us. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, because exactly that. Cause oh my we god. We still think of like loyalty of a dog, mm-hmm. and you think particularly of Odysseus returning home. Yeah. And his dog, who has waited faithfully Argus. for his return, Argus. shout out for Argus, <laughs> <laughs> passes away upon this like yeah. the ultimate act of loyalty, and mm-hmm. yet, mm-hmm. you know, I the only um, Greek cuss word I learned in modern Greek was skila, which is just the effeminate version of dog. In Italian, it's very similar, too, right? I think Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Uh, I forget exactly what it is. Well, um, oh, crap. Now I'm 
All I can think of is, uh, oh my god, my brain is blank. Mm-hmm. We've but, been th- sitting through a lot of yeah, but I know, there's been so many things. The book, so the author is Italian, and she talks a little bit about that. The English and Italian are pretty of the same language. Yeah. Bitch is a sort of both gendered and species-laden mm-hmm. term, yeah. and it works very similar <laughs> yeah, across languages. Yeah, like a dog generally can mm-hmm. be a very, more of a positive epithet mm-hmm. until you... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and put the, a gender the, on it. The yeah. two things that, that uh, this book kind of really gets into is like there's two main anxieties about dogs, and one has to do with eating, and like they're going to eat from our tables, but also they eat like poop and dead things. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the <laughs> yeah. other has to do with sex, and that they like will mate openly, and it ties back into anxieties about women's sexuality, and yeah. uh-huh. that they are they're, they're either over sex or under sex. Yeah. Or, we've yeah. strayed again. We got to bring it back. No, yeah, no, okay. So, <laughs> no, that's great because so. When we're talking about Callan Cochran and Pandora and Helen, it's like, these are actually women in powerful positions, relatively speaking. It's like, Pandora is holding things that can upset the existence of man. Right. Mm -hmm. And she also only holds, she continues to hold the only thing that makes life right. worthwhile mm-hmm. going forward. So so is Harper then Pandora? I view, like, I think all the women are basically to that extent. You could say that of Lucia as mm-hmm. well, right? Like, yeah. I'm just thinking of Harper as, like, holding on to that secret that she knows that Cameron slept with one of the prostitutes and she knows that this would really upend, like, and we also or thinks that it yes, would really that it upend. upend. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. what I love about Harper, too, is, like, you see, I love that, like, She's being gaslit by Ethan, mm-hmm. and then it turns around, and like Ethan is actually so upset, mm-hmm. and he cannot we, deal. With we it. get yes. a playthrough of what he imagines happens between yep. Harper and Cameron, mm-hmm. but we don't ever know for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And their whole thing that they keep coming back in the show is like we are honest with each other, we don't lie because mm-hmm. the sort of foils to them are Cameron and Daphne, Daphne, Daphne. which we will definitely need to okay. talk about. Oh yeah, <laughs> we need to talk about that. Um, <laughs> and I will say, speaking of just like you know the the name thing. Like, Lucia is Lucia Greco. She's yeah. Lucia Greek. Yep. Um, yep. There, and the Greek light. I, I, have yeah. a larger, oh I have a larger thing at the end we can come back to about tragedy. <laughs> but, 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 but. The contrast, like, Harper is, is is setting up that, like, we are not like them. They are dishonest with each other. Mm-hmm. We know for a fact Cameron's sleeping around. It's strongly implied that Daphne is sleeping around, although it's yes. unclear. I, there's a scene where Cameron is sort of angrily flossing his teeth as Daphne talks to yes. their children. And earlier, Daphne shows a picture where of she's talking. Of trainer. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. then it's a picture of her son. And maybe and the son is very blonde and blue-eyed. Doesn't look anything like Cameron. And maybe it's implied that their children aren't Camerons. And so Harper is sort of setting this contrast as, like, we are honest with each other. They are messing around. Yep. Although maybe that's their thing, mm-hmm. but they are, if any, they're anything but honest with one another where Ethan is, like you said, he's sort of gaslighting her into saying nothing happened, even though something did happen, although he downplays yeah. it. She kind of turns it around on him and mm-hmm. then ultimately it is being unfaithful to one another that rekindles the spark in yep, their marriage. Right? Yep, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's, I love like the ambiguity because there's still some ambiguity and misunderstanding of like, what do they mean by hope is... Mm-hmm. kept in the jar what yes. is that and there's yes. a lot of scholarship on that but i i like that some of the most problematic or like some of the things that go unsaid at the end are, are unknown the mm-hmm. the true parentage of daphne's children whether or not harper actually hooked up with cameron mm-hmm. whether it, or not ethan hooks up with daphne yep yeah yep. yeah we don't we don't we know don't how to really know led yeah. to yeah. believe that is the case right. but yeah so i love all of those elements and this kind of brings me back to um, Lucia is also using her sexuality as someone who's of lower status mm-hmm. to, again, and that's just it. At the end of the day, the three men, mm-hmm. uh, Bert, I forget the father's name, and Albie, it's like, yeah. they go home relatively unscathed. They're, mm-hmm. you know, they, they're, they're fine. They're a out lot of money. Euro, yeah, they're out more me, than that. Be, I'd be in the red. <laughs> yeah, no, we're like normal people. I feel like that would be life changing. And like, ultimately, who probably <laughs> loses at the end is, um, the wife back home. Who is also oh, shout out? That's Laura Dern. Oh yeah, is it really? She's uncredited, but all the phone yes. conversations is no. Laura Dern. Oh, I love God. that. That's like the first episode too. There's yeah. A, speaking of cameos, also if you're a fan of Survivor, so Mike White, who's the creator, yep. was yeah. on a season of Survivor, I think in like 2018, mm-hmm. and the very first scene, those two women on the beach are his like Survivor co-stars. Yeah. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He's also, Mike White what? is the, he wrote School of Rock, but he's the, the I knew roommate. that. Yeah. Oh my god. He's Nidge Schneebly. Nidge Schneebly. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, 
Man. Okay. We've got that element. The other part that gets talked about with descriptions of women, and he see it in some other works, is just, all right, if you're not focusing on women in position of power who can use their sexuality to upset men's systems of power, then you're just kind of looking at women and you want specific qualities in them mm-hmm. that just, like, don't take away from your general reputation, which is more of what the class of Hesiod and his mm-hmm. brother Perry's would have been. Yeah. And so I I kind of view Daphne in the light of that. Even though she is part of this upper echelon, mm-hmm. she's like, she knows she needs to, at the surface, appear to mm-hmm. be a faithful, stay-at-home mom who loves her husband and, like, doesn't cut off his balls, right? Like, mm-hmm. right? Yep, yep. And she's like, but I could. Mm-hmm. So she kind of teases the, like, the power she actually could have. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's interesting and that... she's she, obsessed with murder. She is. Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure we're going to... The, they hinted at scuba diving and going to the Maldives, and yep. White has talked about how he There's wants to go one. to Asia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, I'm really hoping they're bringing Daphne and Cameron back, because yep. everyone... the consistently wanted Cameron to die. But I was I was texting I, I was texting my partner about like well like I was talking to her because I hadn't seen the last episode yet. I only saw it last and I was like who I like I thought Cameron was gonna be or at least involved in the murders. Yeah. Um, yeah. we'll I come back to the actual too. murders yeah. later. And this brings me back to like, you know, where I started earlier with this discussion of like this is all about sex and you could argue the men are just as much involved in actually, you know, falling out of this norm of, like, sex between husband and wife. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Um, the piano player, who is, it seems, is also married because he has to get home by midnight, right? Mm-hmm. But willing to go into a church and have sex with a younger woman. Yeah. And, yep. And on the other side of this thing is sexual violence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The only time that's kind of referenced is Lucia possibly having a pimp, but that is an entire play, and you never... I don't know. I never felt the anxiety of the guy showing up. I don't know. Was that following I don't know. in the I, car? I kind of did wonder briefly, but I mm-hmm. I kind of always thought it was a play. And I think we're sort of meant to see through it. Because, mm-hmm. like, at the beginning, she explains very clearly to her best friend, like, yeah. how she got started in this. There's never mention of, like, no, yeah. no, 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 a no. second party. Yeah. No, no, no. She's, no the, and she she's doesn't very... seem, before that, prior to that, she doesn't seem to be beholden to like a pimp or something yeah, like no, that. No, no. And I think if I if I was paying more close attention, I would have noticed her friend yes. uh, yeah. is her quote unquote pimp. Yeah. Um, and well the the Persephone and the Hades mention yeah. is mm-hmm. the other violent sort of mention. Right. Yeah. And and that's so interesting because as I'm watching this film, you get so many tropes of like the raunchy old guy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, overtly flirting in very uncomfortable ways. You have um, Cameron, ultimate bro, that, it, like, mm-hmm. Harper's just looking at us like, he cheats on her. There's, like, yeah. It's up yes. front. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. we yeah. all know where this is going. And I love you that. You drop straight out of, like, Wolf of Wall Street. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I love that for the first couple of episodes, it's like, they're really trying to upset that idea. Because, yeah. like, it does look like, despite Harper telling us it's front and everything, like, there seems some really genuine affection between the two. Which right. is what Harper can't get over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The discussion about when she had the emergency cesarean sh- section and how upsetting that was to see mm-hmm. Like Cameron described, like her guts are just yeah mm-hmm. out of her body, and like he's like, you don't realize how much you love someone until you are in a situation like that. Right. And so there's like, I love that Mark White. No matter how much you hate every single character to yeah, some yeah, extent, yeah, yeah. there is always a humanizing moment too. Uh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. It's at like critical without being judgy. Maybe mm-hmm. is that the way to yeah. put it? That's yeah. like yeah. maybe the strength of the show. Like, yeah. There's humanity in everyone. Yeah, but they're all. Oh, this is maybe to cut it. Like one of my readings was that it very this whole both season one and season two and this one in particular. I was very much, and this is also just me as a viewer. I'm very much primed to see everything in the light of Greek tragedy, partially because they go to the theater at Taormina. Yes, um, <laughs> there, you know, the Lu- 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 Lucia Greco kind of they reference. I think you know, I mean, there's the Achilles reference and the yep, tragic yep. flaw, and like the whole thing with tragedy is that mm-hmm. these characters are not they're not necessarily wicked or depraved or anything like that, but they have hamartia, they have flaws, mm-hmm. which sort of lead them down the path to destruction. And that's true for pretty much every single character yeah. in White Lotus, right? Yeah. It's not yeah. that they're bad. And even the most wicked ones, like, like even Cameron, like, the, he has, Cameron is not a wholly deplorable 
figure. No, no, uh, yeah. Uh, no one's like a villain out and out, right? Yeah. And then, well, and so, but they have these. Well, <laughs> and yet we still really except like for him. maybe Tom Hollander's character. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, that was when you're done. Oh, yeah. Okay. And 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 well, I was gonna. This might be the segue because I mean, the tragedy is also not explicitly Greek tragedy, but tragedy is referenced also very openly particularly in opera, because we haven't mentioned Tanya yet, the Jennifer Coolidge character. We have character. not. I don't know where she fits in this, but we'll I have my, Okay, you guys got to hint. And she is sort of in the show framed as like a tragic heroine or a mm-hmm. woman who's just sort of fated for a disastrous That's end, true. which, spoilers, she dies at the end, much yes. like Madame yes. Butterfly. Like the opera they go to see. Yes. And, and they all have sort of flaw, you know, where she's not a sort of wicked or malicious person, but like she entraps people with money and is mm-hmm. very self-centered and... You know, only wants to hear what she wants to hear, and all the other characters, whether they're, you know, Harper is, is maybe judgy, I guess, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, um, Ethan is insecure about his wealth and everything. status. Yeah, yeah, everything. Cameron is is a bro. Uh, yeah, he's a bro. <laughs> uh, and, you know, and yeah, and we can just go down the list. Of, I mean, every single character yes, you can say yes. like they have these. Well, this um, is where I want to come to Portia. Yes. Because I have a lot of questions about Portia. Yeah. Because I feel like she's a very... She's one of my favorite characters and that I kept screaming at her to, like, <laughs> do something else. Yeah. Like, make a better choice. Mm-hmm. And I... One of my favorite parts of this season was when she slowly realizes that she's been kidnapped. Yeah. <laughs> um, That was, like, so horrifying and terrifying and so excellently, like... The story just unfolded mm-hmm. so perfectly, mm-hmm. and you kind of really see where she just questions every single well, thing she's re- ever done. Yeah. Has reason to Suddenly. suspect that her boss might be in mortal peril. Yeah, and, yes! like, and it's like, oh my god! <laughs> and he gets to the airport, and yeah. and it's like, a lot of people died on the boat. And she's like, huh? huh wow! All right, here's my number. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> and so I just to throw back to the, like every character has a moment of humanity. I think for Tanya, my favorite moment of her humanity is, like, when Portia is considering Albi versus, like, Mm -hmm. she's met this other British guy. The choice between kind of a a, a nice but maybe bland or milquetoast man and a more appealing, sexier Thriller, thriller, um, <laughs> yeah, cut, cut that's a good way to put it. Thrill ride, yeah, we'll, we'll cut, yeah. And and Tanya's <laughs> response is like, "Do not spend your life chasing emotionally unavailable men." Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's like Exhibit A. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't do it. And Portia. I think Portia does try to get a chance, like, get that chance, but I don't... Like, she Portia- says something, he's just like, you know, he's like a nice guy, he comes from a good family, he went to a good school, I should give him a chance, but, like, he doesn't do it for me. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. And, but, like, at the end, after, like, a f- adventure feel- filled... <laughs> Abduction. <laughs> Abduction. Yeah. With a, with a man yeah. who has, has, is going through stuff. Um, yeah, he's, I mean. And, oh, and also the, one of the best line readings in the show where he <laughs> was uh, kind of fucking his uncle. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Up there oh. with uh, these gays are trying, I think these gays these are trying, are trying to, to murder me. <laughs> and Peppa Pig. <laughs> but well. Oh yeah, we have also the, the, there's a lot of references to Monica Vitti. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Visual and, and yep. explicit and, and Italian film, but. Yes. Uh, okay, so again, going back to this idea that we have these tropes of like, uh, the very fraternity-esque Cameron bro mm-hmm. guy, the over mm, creepy mm, Bert, uh, yeah. Yeah. old guy. The lecherous but, old man. I'll yes. be crying nice guy. Yeah. And like, well, and even the line of like, I'm attracted to pretty wounded birds. And you're like, oh, Ugh. I know. And it's like, Spoiler I don't know how eyes. Portia just sits there. <laughs> and she does a really good job of changing subjects. And she's just like, well, you just said that. I, I, I just, going? my mind went immediately to a connection, actually, to bring it back to yes. easy. Yes. So one of the things about Pandora is that she is, in a sense, artificial. She's like constructed. Yes. She's made out of right. mm-hmm. clay, I want to say. Yes. Uh, and the gods go and they give her different, both sort of adornments, like literal jewelry, but also like attributes and things like that. Mm-hmm. She's kind of like a Pinocchio type figure. Right. Yep. But rather than being a real boy, she's a, a sort of. She's a real woman. She's a yeah, real woman. She's a real woman. <laughs> and 
Tanya says something to Portia about the, like, my whole life I was sort of this, like, porcelain doll Barbie yeah. where, like, people, I was just waiting for someone to come play with me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Portia kind of, and she kind of is telling Portia, like, don't be like this. Portia is, like, she's like, I want, I came to Sicily, I wanted, like, something amazing to happen to me. I wanted to be, like, swept up in, like, a romantic whirlwind yeah. or something like that. And this idea of, like, I mean, we can also make a connection with a myth like Pygmalion, which is about a, a man creating a woman in the image of that he desires or, mm-hmm. like, you know, this sort of constructing this idea of women or femininity or women as, like, I want to say, well, like, he treats objects like women, man, uh, but, <laughs> like, this sort of objectification, right? And then yeah. the, the yeah. male tendency to see women as objects or playthings mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. things like that. Is and that... Tanya is really interesting in that regard because she's a means to the end. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Exactly. Yes. She's only, like, sort of this wanted figure because of her money. Yeah. And she sort of feels like she knows that deep down. I remember like when, when they go to Palermo with the gays, she's mm-hmm. like, oh, it's so nice to know that like people have money mm-hmm. that they don't want yours. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's a really like terrifying mm-hmm. thing to keep thinking about. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. somebody who has... Which like, we are primed because Cameron says at the very beginning, all of these Italian or all these European yep. nobles... They have all these palazzos and no cash. Yep. Yes! They're, yep. they're all cash-strapped. Yes! Um, mm-hmm. uh, yes. Yeah. And so it's like these... Again, they're just women who are who have been exploited. Mm-hmm. And you're still rooting for them. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it was like, frankly, I was still rooting for Tanya in mm-hmm. the end. Yeah. She was shooting everyone. <laughs> yes. I was like, yes, it's cake. And, no. and the question she asks... Is my husband cheating on me? Yes! That's the one thing she wants to know! Not, is he trying to murder me? And we're just not saying it, like, they were trying to murder her, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so, what I think is interesting about Hesiod, too, is, like, his focus is so much on how female sexuality is dangerous to men because right. it inconveniences they, them. Literally, at one point, he says they're after your, like, your grain store yeah. or yeah. something like that. And, like, <laughs> And like they're parasitic. There's a failure to recognize that like it does upset the systems, but like it creates danger Mm -hmm. on the part of the woman. And I think uh, one character who is also he see it doesn't connect, but Eve is Mm. another really good example of this. Calvin Kakon, right? Right. And you know both Adam and Eve are punished, but Eve is punished even more so. Yeah. Yeah. And like. Tanya, her greatest danger is when she gets to sleep with the strapping Italian right? mafioso. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's like she's sort of I mean not sort of, she's being entrapped into this, she right? Is. Like she's they're like I think feeding that's her drugs and yeah. Because if she is like if she is murdered while having an affair and has all these other things, then like Greg yes. stands to inherit. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, exactly. So they've created the situation yes. that it still exploits her. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's at no real fault of her own, except for just sort of like bumbling through life thinking that she has friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And which is maybe why it's so satisfying to see Lucia and Mia like really win over. Yes. Yeah, they win. On the other side. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like we are not exploited. We are exploiting you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, then yeah, they, they are the character. They win the white lotus right? they do they do 100 lucia walks away with with you know 50 you know k yep and yep. mia gets her dream job yep um and which sorry you're not, no 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 you're good you're there's good. one character we haven't also talked about that kind of fits that's i think fits in is very important but is lurking behind this which is valentina yes. the, the major domo right who is i don't know how to even begin to describe her like she wants to sh- operate She's already, she's created her own matriarchy, right? She has power over everyone Mm -hmm. in the White Lotus, other than, like, the guests. But even then, the way she gets to put out disparaging remarks of her guest, (laughs) which is probably in stark contrast to the first season. Sure. Well, Armand is a whole thing. Yeah, that's (laughs) right. We're, like, different. (laughs) But... Armand, I love Armand, and I think he goes out like a champ. Yes, um, agreed. Which, which is <laughs> shitting in a bad guest. Um, agreed, case. yes. 100%. Uh, not to spoil that, but... I, I already knew that, actually, okay. but, but... But that's what's interesting, is, like, she is already... Like, her going to the coffee shop 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a guy just, what's your name? Mm-hmm. Like, I just want my coffee. Fuck off. Mm-hmm. I'm going yeah. a lake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I have to do this every day. I sort of see Valentina as like trying to not be a woman though. Like she sort of tries she's c- to. closed herself off emotionally yep. and sexually yes. to everyone around her. Yes. Yep. She is like so buttoned up and straight laced. She's mm-hmm. like, I don't even want to talk to anybody else. Like, I yeah. can't even think about this. And is it Mia or Lucia? They say something to that. I forget what they say that she's like... Like a, frigid or... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and I see, like, that sort of trying to deny her own femininity mm-hmm. as part of, like, her And we see the walls come down when yeah. we have another woman yeah. voice how she admires the strength. Yeah. Yeah. That Valentina shows Definitely. in this patriarchal world that yeah. she exists in, like, mm-hmm. and and the this I forget her name, um, but another the, the front desk, the front desk Isabella. that she's in love with. Well, she that she has a crush on after yeah. Yeah. like just mm-hmm. having this moment of like someone someone admiring <laughs> her not for her tits but for like. <laughs> and the, the I think there's I read a thing yeah. about the star. She gives Isabella a starfish pen and. and yep. Starfish had that. There's a metaphor there for undying love mm. with the starfish. Oh, okay. The oh, that's cool. Immortal. Yeah. Of. Um. I just went to limbs time. cutting off and able to regrow. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Rocco, um, which oh, she's like Rocco, you idiot. <laughs> I love how much everyone hates Rocco. It's so good. <laughs> and <laughs> idiot. So, but basically, it's like. This idea that I like that Mark White brought out was that when oh men God. are behaving inappropriately sexually, it's just going to make their life harder. But, mm-hmm. like, there is a danger element for the women who sure. Portia has a choice between safe, nice guy mm-hmm. and thrilling British guy mm-hmm. yeah. whose nips are cold in the pool water. <laughs> like, there's He's a type. He, 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 is, he a type. is a type, yes. Mm-hmm. Cameron is the frat, American frat bro that I think of, and I think yeah. of, I don't even remember his name, the British kid, oh. as being like, oh yeah, that's a guy who like goes to a sports bar and mm-hmm. like watches also, the like, game. And- he's also kind of a caricature of like, if you've ever been in Europe and like the stereotype of like the obnoxious English tourist. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that was something that was interesting was um, on Twitter. It's like all the Americans are like, okay, another person for Portia to get excited about. Mm-hmm. And all the Brits are being like, don't do it, not Portia. The, yeah, no, not him. <laughs> they know. Yeah, no, like it's, it's. I mean, it's a stereotype, but it's also a type. If you're watching like British reality TV, yes. there's a lot of guys like that. I think that's what's so interesting is like the all of the men come off as a certain type. Mm-hmm. Ali's father mm-hmm. is also of a certain type of mm-hmm. like a man who wants to appear respectable, but Hollywood type is like, you know, he's mm-hmm. cheating on the side, but yeah. like, and it's weird because he seems the least obtrusive of all the men and how they're behaving towards women, even though he's the one who initially hires Lucia mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. come and work in the hotel for right, him, basically. Right. Yeah. But, like, he's the most forgettable in some ways because of that. Right. Um, yeah. Versus all of the women, again, it, they're operating from this single archetype of Cal and Kakon, but it's being done in so many different ways. That's really interesting. And in some ways, you win. And I think all the women actually win at the end, ex- except, except for Tan- Tanya. But she also kind of wins. She goes out. I mean, she does go out with a bang. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> okay, question, question, question. Okay, okay. Um, because of the high drama in which Tanya goes out, mm-hmm. does Greg still get the money? Yes. I don't know. Actually, I, this is a question for any lawyers listening. Because, well, there's, I mean, I guess Portia probably could testify that that there might have been a conspiracy That's, but she's been warned by mm-hmm. the, the guy by the british bro yeah that it's dangerous to do so and mm-hmm. she doesn't seem inclined she doesn't seem inclined no she's just not she seems doesn't seem sad. Particu- she's not particularly she just mm. seems kind of like oh mm-hmm. she needs upper meds as she's yeah <laughs> yeah um but like maybe. so like i'm trying to think of what the situation would look like so there's obviously a lot of murder, but it's unclear if... I mean, Tanya wasn't shot. She fell. There's two yeah. witnesses, though. It was an it's, accident. Ooh, yeah. Right? Because the captain and the other guy saw her shoot right. those people. Shoot those people. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm just wondering, like, 
what type of, I don't know, what type of death they would classify this as. And if it's suspicious in any way, I would assume that Greg wouldn't get the money. All right. Well, any, to, law- any lawyers, yeah. particularly any, any special, any but you would have lawyers. to you would have yeah. to connect <laughs> Greg to a conspiracy as well. And it depends on how True. well he's... Mm-hmm. Well, not necessarily. Well, he has, the thing is right? he has the alibi, right? Because he's not in yeah, the Yeah, he's not in the country. But I feel like it's the condition of the death that depends. So if it's suspicious... This is I, like a Knives Out. It is. It's yeah. like an entire Knives Out thing. It's like, <laughs> if it's a sp- suspicious death in any way, I feel like the money doesn't pay off. I feel like Mark White is going to make it so that Greg mm-hmm. does. Does get the money. Does get the money. All right. Yeah. All right. I wonder if, because like, I think it is renewing for season three, and, and I suspect they're going to do, and it might be confirmed, that like the idea is that like one character is going to mm-hmm. like, carry over. Continues there. Yeah. Or characters, I guess. Yeah. Uh, one yeah. sort of unit. So maybe Greg will return, or maybe not. Or, yeah, maybe we'll just sort of see him I'm in the background. I'm still really rooting for Daphne and Cameron to show up in the Maldives and mm-hmm. see which one's pulling the scuba tube. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. And then there's another... Well, in, sorry, go for it. No, no, it was the first season they kept talking about going scuba diving. And I mm-hmm. remember, I thought they were going to die scuba diving, mm-hmm. like, constantly. Yeah. And so I think that is maybe a call back. That could mm-hmm. be, too. And so maybe if you're doing... I don't know what they're going to do going and forward. Also, we were being primed a little bit, I think particularly with the Ethan, Harper, Cameron, Daphne triangle, not triangle, quadrangle. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that, because the, the sort of story that, or the myth that's like sort of lurking behind, it's the the Testa de Moro. Mm-hmm. The like, the Moors yes. with the story about uh, basically a, a woman who fell in love with, with a Moorish man who, and then found out that he had a, a family back home and chopped his head off. Yep. And yep. Daphne is very, and like gleefully Daphne is like, well, mess around and you'll end up in the garden. Yep. Um, yep. And I love that again, going back to these male sexuality, female sexuality and how, you know, he sees looking at Callum Cock on a certain way. Mm-hmm. I love that both Cameron and Daphne give different interpretations of that story based yeah. on their perspective. Yeah, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and and, I, and it's with they, I mean, very sort of not so subtle. Ethan and Harper smash the head when they rekindle. It's actually the yeah. infidelity that unites them, rather than you know, it's a, it's a it's a upending of that story. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and I I think this is not Hesiod related, but the story of Daphne and like that name is also really significant. Mm-hmm. In, Greek mythology and everything, because Daphne is the one that was pursued by Apollo mm-hmm. to be to be raped, mm-hmm. right? And she is turned into a tree to protect her. And I love that, like Daphne's character is like, I am not a victim. I yeah. do whatever it takes to not be a victim. Yeah, yeah. Which she has is, constructed her own defense mechanism, yep. which is mm-hmm. the sort of like, do what you want. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. But, which I think is an interesting reception of that myth because, mm-hmm. oh, for sure. you know, there are questions of like, well, was that actually saving Daphne or mm-hmm. was that yeah. a yeah. punishment of sorts, mm-hmm. yeah. which is not uncommon for rape stories yeah. in Greek mythology. Right. Yeah. So I liked that part of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. There's there's a lot more reception than just he see it happening here. And they're pretty explicit yes. about that fact. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And well, I mean, and Sicily itself as the island is like, mythologically the site for Hades abduction of Persephone mm-hmm. Which, and like that makes yeah. a lot of sense yep. when you think about Portia <laughs> yeah and yeah. yeah so that's why that's why I thought we were going with the Hades Persephone myth right there are various sort of uh, there's like a literal abduction yeah but there's also you know like seduction or or mm-hmm. entrapment and all of these themes which are like kind of running throughout the Hades and Persephone myth like the Albi Lucia is is in a way mm-hmm. yeah yeah evocative and not a one-to-one but there are you know women being taken off taken away by men right um, but also the very interesting interpret not even interesting, but when Bert like tells the story, he tells it in the the framing of like the context for when he mentions Hades and Persephone is that Demeter eventually forgave Hades. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, it's like um, which I thought like that's very did he? That's a very she whatever. Well, I was my thought was like, well, like I think he reads that into it, which is you know in the same way that that because. So just for, for references, to my knowledge, at least, there is no explicit mythological attestation of a, some sort of reconciliation between Demeter and Hades. It very much seems that Bert is imagining that, and which parallels because Bert himself sort of thinks that him and his deceased wife had a wonderful relationship, despite the, you know, despite the fact that we know Bert was sleeping around. Yeah. And, yeah. and his, that his son was aware of it. Yeah. And yeah. his son said, like, Bert says, 
you know, like, oh, we had a great marriage and she loved me. And the sense is, no, she died a bitter woman and like never forgave you. And you were just too narcissistic to, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. to read into it, which very much I think informs that Bert would read the Hades Persephone myth and be like, yes, Hades was forgiven. Yep. Um, yep. Cause now we have summer and winter. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And like, that is the, that's like, the only way that you read that really. It's <laughs> like Demer almost literally ended all of humanity over yeah. this. Yeah. You think she forgave him. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I don't know about a, that. A willful blindness yeah like yes. how you're affecting people around you absolutely <laughs> yeah and there was like times it's like they mentioned like albie being brainwashed at sanford and stuff it's like albie is what is that we've talked about this before performative feminism yes yes, yes. albie definitely oh where he lectures God. them on why the godfather is a male fantasy yeah. and yeah yeah and then that's the other and you know he is i'm struggling for the word like with his whole he, he he assumes that Lucia is being exploited by yeah. the by, by the yeah. sex industry. Yeah, mm-hmm. he it could not be her like doing this, right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't think that it's that she is the mastermind behind the whole thing, mm-hmm. and when she totally is. Yeah, and I I think that's what I really liked about this piece is that, and I mean that's what he sees always afraid of too, right? Like women using their sexuality intentionally yeah. to fuck over men. Yeah, and it's yeah. like. To raid their barns. Well, and I think on, on tweet, when the, there's a Twitter, it's like, life, the end of the season is fuck men and take their money. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's like, yeah, that is exactly what I took away from the season. Yeah. Pretty it's, much. I guess and if, that's Hesiod's fear. Yeah. It's his fear. Had Hesiod watched The White Lotus, this would be, maybe he would feel vindicated yeah, in a weird backwards way. Confirms yeah. all of my fears. <laughs> yes. Which... I guess brings me to my question why I went with Hesiod because there is so much reception. I kind of mm-hmm. want to talk about Achilles' cock too, just to like oh, get into God. that for yeah. a moment. Mm-hmm. But do we view this piece like it's definitely satire, but is there wisdom literature being presented here? Is there any kind mm-hmm. of, is there something that we are supposed to take away as an audience and learn from? Because it's so uncomfortable. It's so mm-hmm. the the yeah. lack of chemistry between characters, the antagonism between characters. Like the mm-hmm. only thing that feels authentic is the friendship between Mia and Lucia. Yeah. And I I, I think which I, is the one non transactional kind of relationship. Yeah, and exactly. They, the actresses that were hired, they're actually childhood friends, right? Mm-hmm. Having grown up, so like that's so authentic yeah, in right, a lot right, of ways. Right. Um, so I, yeah, that's my question is as yeah. much as he see it as trying to, you know, impart mm-hmm. knowledge on how to be better. Mm-hmm. Do we get that from this show? I would argue, I guess that in, in a very generous viewing, we could say that there is humanity in all of us mm-hmm. and even people who are acting like assholes, um, are also human and to maybe show some grace or at least recognize the humanity in assholes. However, I don't always want to do that. And maybe White Lotus doesn't want me to. Maybe we I want Cameron just... to die at the end. Maybe <laughs> we should just shoot them and jump off their boats. I like I think there are yeah, there there is another view to that, which is sometimes people are out to get you. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like sometimes the assholes are pretending to be your friends. Yeah. And maybe maybe take care of yourself. <laughs> is is what we're supposed to get. Leave your boss on the boat to Leave die. Leave your boss on the boat to <laughs> die. Look out for numero uno. <laughs> uh, well, my, in terms of, yeah, like what you are, I mean, the, the whole genre that he's it inspires is, you know, all lots of literature, some of which I was talking about today in my paper about, you know, literature that's supposed to teach you about stuff, whether it's farming or fishing or, you know, uh, medicine and, and and but a lot of the times it, it becomes about like not the subject it's really about like easy it very much is like how to be good in an unjust world or something like mm-hmm. that like, or how to endure hardships and why we have to toil and labor and like that and to come back to sort of the tragedy my sort of if there's an instructive element to the show i think it has to do with the you know the, the, the in the way that all of these characters act like tragic characters it's because they give into their sort of worser uh, their flaws and their mm-hmm. desires and their baser, you know, they they over they're overcome by suspicion or mistrust or greed or lust or whatever it is, and then so the the learning element that would happen would be as a sort of self reflective moment of like 
can we not give in to those things, right? Because mm-hmm. a lot, you know, a lot of the conflict in this show could have been avoided yeah. through yeah. various, you know, just all different choices or yes. or different, you know. Or, I mean, even the sense, like, I'll come back to sort of Ethan and Harper were like, they didn't have to necessarily, I mean, it's hard to not be jealous sometimes, right? That's the thing. But, right. like, they gave in to jealousy. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And suspicions and mistrust. And then it, you know, I mean, it, ultimately they came back around and, and came out of it. But, like, for all of the sort of aspersions they cast on their friend's relationship, you know, didn't look at their own. Or right. Yeah. Right. We're very much right. into, as, as much as they say that they were honest with each other, they were very much not honest about their relationship. Yes. And I think it's hard not to watch a show like this and start thinking about, you know, yeah. your own yes. interpersonal relationships. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Things like that. So. Mm-hmm. And I think da- that's why Daphne is such, why a lot of people are really obsessed with their character. Because in a lot of ways, she is vapid. Like, you, mm-hmm. the, the mm-hmm. critiques Harper has is like, I don't read the news. And they're like, they're not cognizant they of the world. They live in a bubble of, yeah. you know, of yeah. you know, privilege. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like, that goes back to just like, she does what she does to not be a victim, which is so empowering in yeah. some ways. Yeah. And in some aspects, she has a really good relationship with mm-hmm. Cameron. Yeah. As a result of that. Mm-hmm. And it, it really upends what we think of heteronormative monogamous relationships, which Cameron's over here being like, we're not meant to do that. The elites mm-hmm. created oh that God. to control the middle class. Yeah. And I think it's <laughs> interesting that we also don't, like, Cameron isn't, Cameron, we could imagine being someone violent towards Daphne for her. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess this is transgression. A, that was the word. That was yeah. the T word I was trying to get earlier. This is, I guess, a, a question that I mean, sort of my read, and this might have been, this might be wrong, and just like that, like at some level, Cameron knows Daphne's is yeah. going around, and, yeah. and like that's their that's their thing. That's yeah. Their thing. Yeah. yeah, that's their thing. But that it's like that's the thing that could be very dangerous, but mm-hmm. it's not. And like the the one man who I would absolutely want be dead at the end. Because he's so bro, because it's just, like, all of those stereotypes you hear about men. It's like, but he doesn't take it out. She says he has a long fuse, but it's crazy when it goes off, but it's never directed at her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's kind of amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if I trust it, because we'll find out I mean, in season three if we should. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe she has the fuse that we have I to worry know. about. I mean, I mean she, she seems really turned on to the idea of murdering one's spouse. Right? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So she might be the Pandora we need to watch out for in the future. Right. 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 I think I. I think I said everything that I. I I did as well. This was delightful. Thank you for bringing this up and like this conversation was killer. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We should do. We should do it in person all the time. (laughs) (laughs) We really should. That would be delightful. Why do we live on so many different locations? Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Uh, so yeah, thank you again, uh, listeners, you know, for indulging us in this sort of uh, in vivo recording of movies we did. I hope it made. I mean, I'm, I'll see when I go back to edit if it made any sense. Uh, but it seemed to make sense from where I was sitting. Uh, as usual, you can find us at moviesweedig.com. Follow us at, at @digmovies on Twitter, which is still up for the time being. Uh, we've got a big backlog of episodes that I'm now just starting to work through so look forward we've got a couple well you know what fuck it i'm just gonna end it at Dig movies <laughs> on twitter yeah all and right. you can stream us on all major streaming services yeah all right we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go down and, and mingle i think so um and get some dinner yeah dinner some dinner yeah. Yeah. I need dinner all right thank you and we'll see you later bye bye, bye.